Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You told and me that a couple of years ago. You said literally, I don't yeah, believe yeah. in having sex without money. I mean, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't pragmatically, like, I, I just, I don't really, for me, I don't really see the point of it. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Poder. And I'm Karen Lee Poder. And this is the ultimate podcast about the birds and the bees from a sex expert cougar mother and her stand-up comic son. Yes. The birds and the bees. Okay, not even going into it because it's too exciting. Okay, we just had a very, very long but awesome interview with SK, a sugar baby. I don't know. And we're not talking about like monkey sugar babies. (laughs) <laughs> what the hell are monkey sugar babies? You know those little little monkey things that jump around from tree to tree. Didn't no. you have one in your your apartment? No, I have no idea oh, what the okay. hell that is. Okay. The only sugar baby I know is the one that gets paid by older men to have sex with them. Right, we're talking college age women, girls actually. I don't even call them women, mm-hmm. but girls that need money with men that are age forty through, uh, in this case, seventy five years old. And. This is a mature sugar baby. She's 26, so you get to hear all about her past yes. since since graduating college doing this. She's really a brilliant girl. She went to Tufts University. Right. So right. this is this is like a very high-functioning sugar baby. Oh, yeah. She's, she's articulate, and she's going to write a memoir about all her experiences. But the, the whole concept of, uh, I mean, she talked about so many different cool things. Solo sexual. Yeah, she considers herself solo sexual. She talks about how she got into being a sugar baby, yeah. telling her parents about it. She talks about her experiences as a sugar baby, some very funny experiences. One of them in particular, I was like, she left a guy like maybe in the midst of a heart attack. <laughs> I mean, you didn't even respond to that, but I was like, what? Yeah, that was, no, that, I was very affected by that. I was concerned <laughs> that the guy had died on her ends. I know, I mean, it seems like, y'all, you guys all hear that, but that was a crazy, we crazy talk, story. We talk about, you know, if you, what her relationships are like now, that she's had all this sex, and, you know, she, she has a very interesting perspective yes. on how sex should fit into a relationship. Yes, and, and actually, it kind of opened my eyes. What the hell am I doing? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, on top of all this, she just had vaginoplasty surgery. Yeah, she had vaginoplasty, and we go into that too, is why she had vaginoplasty. And uh, she's she's a fascinating chick. She's and she's she's quite funny. I think you'll she's enjoy hilarious. this interview. She, yeah, she. Uh, the reason we met her is that she was in a class with our daughter uh, at Groundlings. Yeah. In California, which is a sketch comedy class. When you say our daughter, are you talking oh, about my daughter sister, as well? Your sister, my daughter. Yeah, anyway. That's an interesting yeah. distinction, Mother. Okay, sorry about that. But uh, I'm all hyper because of this interview. It was just awesome. Okay, there was one thing that came up What? Um, during the interview, which is what you say at one point that uh, you're not sure about the idea of marriage anymore. I did say that. So what's going on there? Um, because I have so many friends that had gotten divorced, and I just feel like divorce is... I think of marriage as a, as a more of a legal institution these days. Mm-hmm. And I know that men have been in situations, especially that they've been through one divorce, two divorces. They're almost like on poverty level. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel like people should stay together because they want to be together, not because of that piece of paper. Mm. So I don't see the purpose of the whole marriage concept. <laughs> well, so you don't I, care if I get married? I really want you to do what you want to do. If you want to get married and that's a bond that you want to have with your wife and you know you want to change names and do all that kind of stuff, then I'd be so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you didn't want to do it, I don't really care. I mean, it just. What about the party? I don't care at all about the parties. In fact, it'll save me a lot of money. <laughs> is this the real reason why you're not it a fan? It is part of the reason. No, it really, you, you, the institution of marriage itself is just not that important to me. It just, I don't know. It was when I was 21 because my mother said, you're 21, you have a boyfriend, why are you not married? I mean, Don't you think that by being, when you get married to someone, because there's that, that agreement that you sign, don't you think then it's, you you're more likely to be like, to in the future like, okay, even if we get in a fight, we're not going to just break up because it's so easy. You know, yeah, you're gonna... I think that, but again, I, I I just feel like we have to stay together because you want to stay together. Yeah. And uh, even if you get in a fight, you should still stay together just because you have the piece of paper. It does not mean you're, you know. It, it actually, now thinking about it, it seems like the worst reason to stay together is because you have the piece of paper. Is because you have a piece of paper, right. Right. And I know too many people that uh, have gone through many, many long, messy divorces where they ended up, both of them, bankrupt. And the only one making money is the attorneys. Yeah. So if you're an attorney listening to this, sorry, I just, uh, at this point, I don't know. And I definitely think if either of you or your siblings wanted to get married, it behooves all parties to get prenuptial agreements. Don't you think the, the girl that I'm going to marry, if I get married, is going to say, hey, I don't want a prenuptial agreement. Why are you even proposing that we might get divorced I, in the future? I'm sorry. I think it's a it's it's a legal issue at this point, and I I think it it would be she might at this point have more money than you, so it might help her. <laughs> in the long run. This this episode features a lot of discussion about my money money, which is lacking right well, now. Well, considering you're on unemployment, I would say <laughs> that is an issue. But it, it's Thank really you for sharing it, that with all of our it's listeners. Beca it's because you are putting all your creative juices and efforts into this podcast. The truth is I did have a job up until last week, mm -hmm. which I left because I want to put all of the, my time into my stand-up career and this specifically this podcast. And at some point, if anyone feels like donating to Sex Talk with my mom, You please, would be funding my food. Yeah, yeah please email us <laughs> at uh, Karen at KarenLeePoter.com and we'll make that happen for you. <laughs> Um, but really and truly, um, this has been a great episode, and I want—I can't wait for you guys to listen. Yeah, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. Bye-bye. Oh, shit. Is You're not bye supposed bye to again? say bye. <laughs> They're going to hear our voices. Today, I thought we'd just bring up some of the topics, uh, catch up as to what you've been doing, and... And uh, Cam and I wanted to talk to you about uh, what it's like being a sugar baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sounds good. So now that I'm um, in grad school, I've been a little more busy and um, haven't really been sugar so baby much on, Yeah, I haven't really been sugar babying it up as much as um, I have in the past. Um, though I do still go on seeking arrangement every once in a while to see um, what New York has to offer. Um, and it's also nice since uh, since I started out in Boston. So a, a lot of my, um, some of the first sugar daddies I ever met, like even my first week that I joined the site, they're very happy that I'm back on the East Coast. Oh. And it's kind of nostalgic. It's very nice. I see these 
guys who, you know, they've known me for four years now, and they're like, oh, my God, you know. You've grown up. You. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> okay. So I, I don't have as much background. You guys have talked before. What What is a sugar baby? So a sugar baby um, is basically a young woman, um, mostly right now, I, I think, on Seeking Arrangement, which is the sugar baby dating site sugar baby, sugar daddy dating site that I've mostly used. Um, I found that it's now mostly the, the sugar babies are college students and the sugar daddies are um, wealthier, older gentlemen who are looking for a little, for someone um, who's maybe just starting out in life and ambitious, has some goals, um, but isn't really, you know, still needs a little financial assistance. So these are very generous men, and it's kind of like any other dating site, um, but there's a bigger um, there's a bigger age gap, I'd say, and also there's this mutually beneficial component of it. Uh, so there's a lot of times, um, so these are arrangements. So you work them out, you kind of, you meet for a first date, and then you discuss how the arrangement should work. If, um, if it, it can be a monthly thing, or it can be a per time allowance. Uh, okay, so what the big white elephant in the room is, it's a little different from other dating sites because because of the sexual component, I think it's part of it. Uh, wouldn't you say? I mean, that usually goes with the arrangement. Yeah, but I found, I mean, from my experience in other dating sites um, and my experience with dating, I think sexual components, I mean, that's usually, usually intimacy is also involved in those. Right. So that, I guess that's the way I've always seen it. Um, but I guess, I mean, I know when people hear money and sex in the same sentence, of course, that has other connotations as well. Um, well, right. But, but ask Kate, like, I don't think you would go on that site as a, as a young girl just for the companionship of older men if this money component wasn't there. Right. Okay. That's. I just wanted to clarify that, that it definitely has I mean, I did component. actually, when I first went on it, I was kind of interested more in older men. Okay. Oh. Um, I hadn't really, I hadn't dated, I mean, I'd gone to an all-girls school for seven years before college, so maybe my perception was a little bit skewed anyway, but going into college, um, I was, I met a lot of young guys and I found kind of the hookup culture was um, pretty much was kind of the norm on campus. Um, people weren't really, I mean, some people had, um, more serious relationships, but that wasn't really what I found that people, um, or I, I don't know, I guess I didn't meet guys that I could see myself in a serious relationship with. So I thought, hmm, maybe I'll try the older generation. And <laughs> I didn't really... say older. Okay. How old is older? Well, Seeking Arrangement and Sugar Daddies, from what I found, is an average age between 42 and 75. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And, and she has uh, had, you have run the gamut as far as I remember. You, you even yes. went over 75 one time, I think. Well, I think he was exactly 75. Okay. But <laughs> he was very, um, he definitely had some health problems. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, but, so that, was, that was a situation. And, and um, <laughs> But we've talked a lot about that hookup culture and yeah. uh, how uncougaresque that is to me to just hook up. Um, We're talking about like college hookups. College hookups. Like where where... It, it's not, um, yeah, it can sometimes, it, it's very misogynistic at, right. misogynistic at times. It's early in the morning. <laughs> and, uh, 
you know, pe- people don't really care about each other. They feel kind of obligated, maybe, usually drunk. They just want to get hooked up. Right. So, I, I mean, I, I, I had my fair share of the, those drunken hookups, but... I wanted to try something different and I'd never, I didn't know anyone else who was a sugar baby. Um, but I guess I had in this, I had in my mind this idea of these sugar daddies in Florida. I don't know why I thought there was a whole community of them, but <laughs> no, there's not a lot of men in Florida at all. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yeah, I mean, I never met any in Florida. Yeah, Because out. the few men that are there that are still alive, are there's like for every like 20 men, 20 women, there's like one guy and he's like very <laughs> desired over there. Uh, yeah, it was just this, like, this idea I had, and it was kind of even as a joke when I Googled the word sugar daddy, <laughs> um, and I didn't, I didn't know if I would actually go meet them, but it turned out there are a bunch of them in Boston, they're all over the place, yeah. um, and so I did go meet my first one, and I was just, I kind of went into it like any other date, really, I didn't know, I thought, you know, maybe there's nice dinners or shopping, sprees or maybe vacations or something i didn't know what to expect wait that's not really any other date though if you were dating like say a 25 year old guy who just graduated college he probably wouldn't have money to give you you know shopping money and all that kind of luxurious type things going on with right i mean (laughs) yeah i mean it's all part of it like it's not like i just went on i mean i don't know if they have dating websites for just multi-generational romance um, it seems like, <laughs> but so this sugar daddy, sugar baby trope, I guess it's the one that I just decided to try. And I was excited to get pampered. I think, I mean, I hadn't, I'd never had a, a boyfriend at all, even, even my age. So I didn't know what to expect in, really, um, in a relationship. But well, I, I hold up. Uh, so, so SK, let me ask you. Okay. So in a relationship. I, I mean, I'm thinking, I don't go into a relationship thinking, well, this guy's going to pamper me. I am thinking it's more of an equal partnership type of thing. Not necessarily one is taking care of the other, but both of them are enjoying the relationship together. So I wonder where you got that idea that it was going to, that any relationship would be like the guy's always taking care of the girl. Because you're a young, very bright, um, I would think liberal kind of girl, a, a, a feministic kind of girl. I'd, explain, because you, you went to Tufts University, very prestigious university. Yeah, um, <laughs> I guess, I mean, actually, the, the idea of, sh- of being a sh- of a sugar daddy who would pamper me, it first entered my mind freshman year when I was thinking to myself, um, you know, college is very difficult. Tufts had a lot of requirements, sciences and things that were difficult for me. <laughs> and so <laughs> I did entertain the thought, maybe I could be a kept woman. I mean, it was a very non-feminist thought yes um but i mean i guess feminist it means girls you know a girl can do whatever she wants exactly (laughs) i mean you definitely follow whatever you feel is the right thing to do in your heart which i really respect in you because you don't really care what people think about what you're doing you do what you want to do and i like that about you yes thank you um (laughs) i guess i mean i from the, the guys that i'd met and these hookups i would often afterwards not really I would kind of question like what did did I really want to do that um or did I feel pressured into a sexual situation like what was I kind of, what was I getting out of it and I guess at first my motivation or I I looked around and um at the other people you know other other young attractive 
people and what they were doing. And it's like, that was a crowd that I wanted to, that was the way I wanted to think of myself as well as an attractive, desirable person. So at first that was kind of my motivation um, to for these hookups or to meet guys. Um, but when I really thought about it, like as an individual, what was I getting out of these experiences? I wasn't sure. Like, I mean, ideally it would be my own um, pleasure and satisfaction and being a in a relationship, but that wasn't exactly how I was feeling at the time. And, um, and so I guess I needed more of I, I needed more of an incentive to be in a relationship. Hmm. If I was... Especially financial, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's always some sort of give and take in any relationship. Um, and to me, that was a very, that was what was interesting to me at the time, this financial component. Because, right. yeah. you know, because and... there's, you can do, that's so much freedom when you have all this money. Um, <laughs> Listen, I, get, I could totally see where you're coming from. He wants to be a sugar <laughs> baby too. But especially in college when you don't, you're not expecting to find the love of your life. I think especially now, I, I'm, you know, I think a lot of people are hoping to find the love of their life later on in their in their 20s so that they don't have to get locked down with someone through their mm -hmm. 20s. And so, if, especially if you're in college, you're 18, 19, this is a good time if you're going to date anyone, date someone who's going to pamper the shit out of you, if if you get the same enjoyment out of it sexually, I guess, and, and emotionally. Well, that's that's another story too. I mean, would you, would you say that when you had the sex, it was mutual, or was it more one-sided towards pleasing them, the guys? I mean, I will definitely be honest. Would I have liked these guys as much without the money? No, probably not. <laughs> Um, I mean, and I think the same would go for most of the girls um, on the site. I don't know. Um, but yes, in my mind, I was thinking more about pleasing the guy. I wasn't so much interested in my own sexual pleasure in these situations. Oh, yeah. okay. Right. I mean, how often would you say that you had an orgasm during your encounters with all these men over the years? Well, that's not really what I was looking for. <laughs> so I don't think I even put in my mind the I, the expectation of an orgasm or even the possibility that I was going to have one. Um, <laughs> that wasn't what I was in the relationship for. That was maybe the only, probably not the only thing he was in the relationship for, but definitely up there. Yeah. Um, so. Which is interesting because I've, I've talked to porn stars. I've talked to a woman who was a prostitute in Australia. She slept with over 10,000 men. And they actually have orgasms. They like want this to be their career, so they're enjoying, they're making it so that they can enjoy that and have orgasms in addition to get the money for what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So that's I a little different philosophy than what you're talking about, which is, you know, just a difference. Yeah, I mean, there are other ways to like someone. There's other ways to have fun. For me, these guys were all friends like there are so many choice there's so many sugar daddies out there you don't you never have to spend any time with anyone that you don't actually get along with and enjoy their company so to me that was enough and the, i guess the idea that the sugar daddy that you there are dinners and there are vacations and there are these other things like there's you know you're never on the clock so <laughs> there's a lot of other time that's spent with these guys and most of them they don't want to be thinking that they're in and that they're hiring an escort. So they really want it to be as different from that as possible. Hmm. Um, 
So well, you had some pretty funny stories. Like one of the stories was with that when you went down to Florida for the science uh, convention of some sort. Oh yes, um, to New Orleans actually. Oh, New Orleans. I knew it was somewhere down south. Can you like walk us through what happened to that one? Because that was very funny. Yes. So that was a man who I met in Boston. Um, one of my, yeah, probably the first or second week that I was even on this, on seeking arrangement. And we met um, at a seafood restaurant. He was lovely. He was Polish, I believe. Um, and we really hit it off the first night. Um, he ended up inviting me to this week-long crystallography conference. And I did not know what crystallography was, but it has to do with science. And so he was like, want to come? Like, I'll give you $5,000 for the week. And to me, that sounded like a great idea. It was the week, I had one week after graduation from Tufts between when I was supposed to actually start this little office job that I had lined up <laughs> that I went to for one day, but did not continue going to. Um, <laughs> well, what was your salary at the office job, just to compare? Well, to be quite honest, it was actually a very decent entry-level job. I think it was going to be about $50,000 a year huh. or something. <laughs> like, it's, it was a perfectly fine job. I mean, it was going to be placing Chinese high school students in high schools around the U.S. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a, a worthwhile pursuit, I guess. But long hours in an office, that wasn't really what I felt that I was interested in doing at the time. And I had, I had just returned from this week-long trip. So, basically, the conference schedule um, was basically every day from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. he would be busy with conference activities and he wanted me to make he wanted me to come with him to the opening banquet which was the first night we got there um, and I wasn't really sure I, he was mar a married man and um, so I asked him I was like should I say I'm your niece or what <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, no, like these people, they know my wife. They'll know um, that you're like, they might mention this random niece. And so we decided that I would be his intern. So, and by the way, she's an English major, not, right? Weren't you uh, something with literature, English or Chinese something? Yeah, I made, well, yeah, I majored in Chinese, yeah. child development. Science was not my forte. Um, <laughs> and also I had no idea what this word, Chris, I mean, I should have maybe done a little bit of preparation, but I was very confident in my role-playing abilities, and so I went down to the conference, and there were all these little booths set up, like the different crystallography companies and the latest crystallography technology and everything. What the fuck, and what the fuck I, is crystallography? <laughs> I still am not sure, but people were asking me, because I, I even had a little name tag that said, like, the name of the company, so they're asking me, what, you know, what is your specialty, like... I'm, I was like, well, I'm, I'm working on my thesis um, about the different uses of crystals. No way. And it actually, it doesn't have to do even with crystals. <laughs> Didn't anybody Which... question you when you said that? Or they just looked at you like you were a little <laughs> I mean, I was just throwing out science terms that I can remember from high school. Like... I mean, there had to be some really strange people at this conference anyway. So mm -hmm. whatever you said probably wasn't going to be that unusual. That's the thing. There, I mean, there were no other women there. There were a couple, like... Um, very uh, dowdy looking. I guess that's the word. <laughs> um, and what were you wearing? Serious. What were you wearing? Because I think this was part of the fun, the story. 
<laughs> oh, I was well. I was just wearing this little this little form fitting number from Forever Twenty One. Um, <laughs> just this little. I don't think. Uh, yeah, just a very tight little pink girly girl dress and heels. And I met another. So I was talking to this one guy, and he actually he was from Boston as well. He ended up becoming a new sugar daddy. <laughs> Um, he gave me She's recruiting. Card. Oh my God. <laughs> so it was really fun. And then every day since he had to go to the conference, um, I would, you know, I'd go around New Orleans, get a daiquiri, walk around the street, go to the Mardi Gras Museum, the aquarium. <laughs> like it was great. She was touring. Wait, so what the hell was crystallography? <laughs> she doesn't know. Well, it has to do with x-rays. So, so um, you arrived at this conference saying that you're interested in studying crystals and everyone there is to s discuss x-rays. Well, they're like, they, I mean, they, they didn't ask too many questions. I was drinking. There was an open bar. <laughs> <laughs> so did, what were the looks that you were getting? Were you getting that? What is that little hussy doing over here? <laughs> no, actually. They were very, they were nodding along and um, <laughs> I was talking about... Um, I, th I think I brought in the word apparatus, Bunsen burner, like just <laughs> Bunsen burner. Any time that I can remember, like that had to do with that. So funny. <laughs> this could be one of your sketches. This is hilarious. <laughs> and she had other really, really funny stories too. Uh, I, I, just to con continue on the the line of these stories, just I, the other really funny story that stuck out in my mind is the time that the, I think the guy had some sort of like heart attack or epileptic fit or something happened. So this was um, the seventy-five-year-olds, and <laughs> and you're how, how old are you then? About twenty. Yeah, I guess I was twenty-two. Twenty-two. And I mean, I worked at three nursing homes in the past <laughs> as activities coordinator, so I didn't really know the medical staff. But I've always kind of know. I've I've kind of been privy to the ways of the elderly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I always knew I got along with them very well and so I met this guy and we had we went out for sushi everything was going really well we went back to his place he did he popped a Viagra I remember him doing that and I kind of thought like oh no because to me it was kind of, with these older men I was pleasantly surprised usually that um their stamina was a little bit lower so a lot less effort, <laughs> a lot less effort on my part but <laughs> <laughs> but if they, if they took a Viagra, then that kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, right, um, right. That's a bummer. If they take a Viagra, you're like, oh, shit, this is going to be work. <laughs> I know. So this guy, so he, so he now, had... What did he, he look like, though? Well, let's get a visual here. I mean, your typical old guy. Like, just kind of... Typical old guy. <laughs> I mean, what does that mean? I mean, is he a gray hair balding? I mean, long, gray saggy? Hair, <laughs> um, kind of, kind of on the frailer side. I mean, he said he did yoga. So he was, he was fit, but He was fit frail. for a 75 year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arthritic. Arthritic. <laughs> oh. um, did, did he use a cane or a walker? No, actually. He didn't need any of those. Okay. Which was promising. <laughs> and so I didn't, so anyway, we're in his room and things are getting steamy. And he decides. Oh, wait, 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 okay. Seventy-five-year-old. Yeah. Okay. What? Are, oh, like literally? Are you like making out with him? Yeah, we're making out. You know, we're naked. And how um, old are you? Twenty-two. 
Twenty. Oh my god. Fifty something year difference. Yeah. Oh my I mean, God. and I, I guess I've been working my way up because that week I'd been sampling different sugar daddies that I had met on the site. So, you know, there have been a 50-something-year-old, a 60-something. You're going through the decades, dancing through the decades. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, so it didn't seem, it wasn't like I had just seen a 22-year-old, like, the day before and, like, nothing in between. Yeah. But, you so know, I wasn't too I alarmed. Mean, I'm just, I'm guessing that... <laughs> The balls were kind of hanging low. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of things like that going on. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things hanging, hanging low. Hanging low. The gravity was pulling everything down over there. Yes. Um, but I was getting acquainted, I guess, with that region of his body. And he just so he he's like, I have an idea. And I'm like, oh, what? And so he had this ottoman um, at the foot of the bed. And so I guess he always had this idea that he would lie on the ottoman and he wanted me to basically like straddle over him, but standing. I don't know if you can understand. Yeah, we can. Yeah. I, I, I got yeah, it. So like, the here's visual. the ottoman, him lying down, me like this. So I'm standing. And I had never really had sex in that position before, like with like standing like that. So with all the stamina, like in my legs, like all the... You know, because it's like, usually like if you're on your knees, like you do have those muscles at your disposal, like in your thighs, but I had all my leg muscles. So I was just, you know, and he had taken his Viagra, he seemed very energetic, and I was just going, going for it. And he's making all sorts of pleasurable noises. I'm thinking this is the best day of his life, like this is his Probably dream. was, by the way. <laughs> I, yeah. So... Then he's getting close to climaxing, and um, he starts just kind of convulsing. <laughs> and I thought maybe this is how this is typical. Maybe this is what he does when he has an orgasm. And so I kind of slow down, and I'm like, okay, I guess this is finished. But he kept, he like, he didn't calm down. Like, he was still... <laughs> This was something. <laughs> he was still convulsing, and I didn't really know what to do. I was like, "Are you okay?" Eventually, I was like, "Wait, are you okay?" And he's like, "Yes, like just, just, just go. The the, the money's on the dresser." What and he had an envelope with money in it for me on the dresser, but I wasn't. I guess he didn't want me to. I don't. I don't really know exactly what was going to happen. That like I. I was just like, okay, I'll go. Like, I wasn't sure. Maybe he didn't want someone, like, if an ambulance came, maybe he didn't want them to see me, or maybe his wife was coming home. I didn't really, I wasn't sure. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to. Wait, so he was it. married? Well, he said he was divorced, but. Who knows? Who knows? I just figured I would take my exit. And... I would take my exit. <laughs> well, and... well, he was still living. I mean, were you right. concerned I mean, like, that he okay, was going to die? Well, so he texted. So I texted him the next morning because, as far as I was, I mean, I didn't know. Maybe he'd stop convulsing. He because we, I thought we had a great time. <laughs> I thought like we he's, had a great time. he's very generous, and so I texted him. I'm like, hey, thank you for a lovely evening. <laughs> like, would you like maybe we should do that again sometime? Oh my god! And so he responds. He's um. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm in the hospital right now. No, no. Like you're a little crazy for me. <laughs> I don't think there will be a next time. Oh, <laughs> oh my, god. my god! What happened to him? Honestly, I do not even know the exact. <laughs> I, 
I'm guessing a heart attack. What? I'm guessing I mean, a I'm heart not attack a doctor. too, or a stroke or something. I mean, he stroked out. Oh my <laughs> God! The thing was, he literally you you could have left him there to die. I mean, didn't you want to at least call nine one one for him, <laughs> and and exit then? Looking back, that would have been probably the right thing to do. Oh, jeez. You were 22, 22 years old. with a 75-year-old man. In the moment, I just thought, I'll just do what he's telling me to yeah. do, which is yeah. wait. Yeah. Oh, I would have pissed the fuck out of her. <laughs> you yeah, and, like, I got my money. I mean, I don't hope that, like, I think of myself, I'm a very compassionate person. I was concerned. Yeah, um, I, I would think you could be. <laughs> but I was also slightly, just, I was, just as someone who enjoys a strange experience um story-wise you were yeah. slightly intrigued yeah i was thinking like wow this is like a funny not funny of course but like you know i'm thinking of everything in terms of like what kind of funny sketch it will make yeah yeah <laughs> i get that so, like, if you think of things in those terms then um uh, well, then there there's a lot of rich material in, in the sugar daddy world yeah. are you planning to write some of that in the future <laughs> Well, actually, yes. So in my writing program, I'm in, I'm in an MFA creative writing program right now. And I started out in poetry last year. Um, but then as I would kind of, as I would write little poems or tell my stories to my friends, I realized um, I should be doing nonfiction because I yeah. realized I, ha I have enough. Stranger than fiction. Isn't it? <laughs> yes. So then um, halfway through last year, I switched over to creative nonfiction and I've been working on a memoir. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. And is it is your education now uh, financed by all the money you made as a sugar baby? Yeah, it's great. Wow. Um, <laughs> my education, my life. Now, have you thought about going back into this just to make a few extra bucks? Well, yes. But the good news is, so last year, um, last summer, I met a wonderful sugar daddy in Boston, actually, right after I moved back from L.A., and he was actually the ultimate sugar daddy. Like it was, I felt like I was being rewarded for all my years <laughs> of just meeting kind of random sugar daddies. I mean, I'd had good ones over the years, but this one, so he basically, we met for lunch and he told me beforehand that he would give me $500 just for coming. And then if things, if we hit it what off. What type of coming? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <Okay>. Um... <laughs> Just for showing up. <laughs> um, so, but also, but if we hit it off, then he would, then we would begin our arrangement um, and he, we would begin our first month and he wanted to do a monthly allowance. Um, so I met him for lunch. It was great. Um, so he, so then we decided we would meet again the next week and that we would start the first month starting that day. And he gave me an envelope of $4,000. Wow. <laughs> was so your allowance would be four grand a month? Yeah. And if I, if I were a less, a less trustworthy type of girl, I could have just run away that day mm -hmm. um, with that money. But I decided that he was very nice and I wanted to keep this up. So then we started meeting maybe once a week and while I was in Boston. And then when I moved to New York, um, I would go back to Boston, like maybe two weekends a month or something. Now, would and he pay for those flights in and out? Uh, yes. Well, I just took the train, but he paid for the train. So, so what, what would be, what would those meetings entail? 
So uh, we would usually have lunch, um, and he would, so since I didn't have my own place in Boston at the time, so he had his own place over the summer, and he was married. He lived in one of the suburbs outside of Boston, but I guess for the summer, for his own little fun getaway, he had a, he rented an apartment, um, like on Com Ave, like right downtown in Boston. That was just all his. I don't know if his, it was like his little secret getaway or something. So we could meet there. But then over the fall, um, he would put me up in an, in a hotel, not like me, not maybe the nicest hotel, usually just somewhere that was convenient. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would usually spend, so I would spend, I mean, cause my family's in Boston, so they were also happy I was coming home so often. <laughs> they know why you were coming home? It's a twofer. No, they were like, wow, this is great. She must just be happy, like, to be back on the East Coast. So she's going to just go back and forth. <laughs> we'll talk about that later, about her parents and what they feel about it and everything. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but usually um, for one night, he would put me up in some, in some um, hotel, and he would maybe drop by that evening. We would have drinks and dinner and then go back to the hotel, and um, things would get steamy so how, was the sex good with this guy or was it just it was great that was great um well in the sense that it was very quick <laughs> how old is he he was in a, he was almost 60 uh -huh. i believe um and then he would often come back in the morning <laughs> um like maybe right before he had work before going on the way to work or something for a little Quickie. Yeah. <laughs> Basically as though he had slept over, but he had gone back actually, and forth. Seemed yeah. better for you, so you can get a good night's sleep. Yeah, it was great. I would just kind of hang out in the hotel, and and then I would go back um, usually that morning. I, I mean, that's, just, I'm just thinking about the practicality of the whole thing. I mean, what if you had your period? What would you do? Well, um, there, um, I don't know if one of the porn stars that you may have spoken with <laughs> told you about what, the, what they do, which is a special trick. Um, you know the the makeup sponges. Oh, you okay? You use a sponge type of thing. Okay. Yeah, this, that's okay. a very. So it doesn't good... it doesn't stop you from participating at all? No, I mean maybe I have a, li a lighter flow anyway. Oh, okay. But <laughs> well, I, you know, and along those lines, I mean, did you wear condoms with these people, or did you go, you know? Yes. Well, with um, when I was seeing multiple people, mm -hmm. condoms definitely. Um, however, with this particular man since it was really a very exclusive thing. Um, and he had conveniently um, under, he had a vasectomy. Oh, wow. So to me, that was great. But and but in reality, being the bright woman that you are, you do realize that if he decided to cheat with you on his wife, he might be cheating with somebody else. And if you're both not using condoms, there is a possibility that you're becoming at high risk for all kinds of diseases. And, you know, I don't know if you're on birth control, obviously that would be a pregnancy issue too. Right. I mean, that was always... Well, you said a vasectomy, never mind about that. Yeah. So to me, because I was not on birth control, so to me the vasectomy was great for that. And of course, definitely STDs, STDs are a major concern. Um, and before... We had, because I I never really wanted to suggest like I um I guess 
people my age, you know, we're, we're taught really use condoms. So I never, I'm always a little bit hesitant to not use a condom, even when they say vasectomy. So at the, so um, this is the same thing I'd done with this other guy that I knew that had a vasectomy. Um, he had shown me his test results beforehand, the first before the first time. So mm-hmm. of course I see what you mean um, in terms of that he could be seeing other girls as well. Right. Um, as far as like STDs goes, you're certainly sleeping with every person that he slept with. Um, and you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, up until, no, even during, I mean, she, she thinks she might, I mean, I'm, I'm acting like you're not here. SK, you you think that this guy may only be seeing you, but he may have people in other areas of the country that he's seeing as well that don't know about each other. I mean, that would be a big, um, finance. I mean, I know he was very wealthy, but $4,000 for multiple girls per month. That's, you know, um, however, I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, but I guess, I guess I trusted him and he trusted me. And so that upon the initial time that we showed each other our test results, um, I kind of put good faith, like that (laughs) from there on out, um, to, to me, you know, I was, I was very lucky of course. Um, but. So So you're no longer doing this. No. So actually, so how this thing ended with this guy, um, we went, he took me to Vegas and this was a wonderful experience. So basically he, it was him, a bunch of his friends. Um, we had this whole thing where they pretended that they had just met me or we set up with one of his friends who knew about me. Um, so that it would seem like they just met me there that I I hadn't kind of come along with them Mm -hmm. to Vegas. Um, and so I just hung out with them for the whole, for the whole weekend. And I am not a gambler. I really, I don't know how to play any, any of those games. Um, but they were playing blackjack. And so he would just give me money to gamble with. And he was, I would just ask him what to do. Like I was just going like, yeah, yeah. like whatever he told me <laughs> to do. And I ended up, I won $15,000 that weekend. No way. That was one lucky weekend for you. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I probably gam. The weird thing is I probably gambled away more than that but he would just keep giving me chips and then whenever I would win a thousand dollar chip I would put it in my bag and then he would look over and he'd be like oh where she's you, you no more chips. <laughs> so then by the end of the time I would look and I had accumulated all these thousand dollar chips and um it was it was really great so, <laughs> so once I had that plus all the money that he'd been giving me um monthly up until then and then so I, I was really starting to save up a lot of money. And I had also saved up money before that. And he, sadly, about a month after that, he emailed me. And he, I, I knew that he'd had prostate cancer years ago. Mm-hmm. But I guess um, it came back. Oh, that ended that. And now <laughs> I'm always skeptical. So I thought, his, I bet his wife found out. Like yeah. I. I thought he was lying. I mean, at first I thought, you know, lying about cancer, <laughs> I don't think people really do that. But then I thought maybe he, maybe his wife found out, maybe he was mad. I charged a Gucci handbag to the hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really sure, but he was, he's like, I'll send you one more month's allowance. Like, I'm really very sad about this. And to me, I thought, well, maybe this is meant to be because I had started school. I was loving school. I was busy. Um, I had enough money saved up. There was really no reason for me to still be doing that. 
Um, and then actually, so I, I convinced myself that, you know, maybe he had cancer, maybe he didn't, whatever. I was in a good place. I didn't really need mm-hmm. a sugar daddy. However, a, a week ago, he, text, he emailed me and he, he said he was better. He's recovered. He's, he's shooting blanks, but he recovered. They probably had to remove the whole prostate, but I mean. Well, actually, we met up. Um, he was in New York. Oh, okay. We had lunch, and we tested it out, and it turned out it, it works. Or it works whatever, again. Whatever the, he's cured. <laughs> um. Well, they probably removed his prostate, but, you know, a lot of times, people, you know, guys can't get it up after that. Um, but, you know, now I think the techniques are better, and they, they're able to have sex again. Um, so, so are you going to continue seeing him? Hell well, yeah. we might. Um, I don't. We discussed. I mean, I wasn't sure if he was going to, going to propose that we start up again the monthly thing that we had because I would actually, at this point, having not seen been seeing sugar daddies for a while, I would consider um, something really good like that, like if it worked, because that he, that would make it worth it because he was truly an excellent sugar daddy. Um, <laughs> but he didn't. He didn't propose anything like that. Which is fine, because I mean, going back to Boston every weekend, it could also be kind of a hassle. But now that I know he's better, if I'm ever in town, if he's ever in town, um, you might make it. it. Now, SK, do you have any feelings of guilt um, for doing this when he is married? And or do, I mean, I think last time we talked, you you gave your philosophy on it. And I just thought you'd articulate it again. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my philosophy is that I never ask, you know, are you married? I never ask about it. I always, if they want to bring it up, then that's fine. I kind of just listen. I, I view our time together as separate from whatever that may, mm-hmm. may be. And I meant as far as the wives are concerned, I mean, I think last time you said something about like, it, it keeps actually keeps marriages together in your mind because if they, you know, as opposed to them having a, uh, a, a, you know, more of an affair with someone who, um, you know, had an intimate affair with them as, and they were both connected, you know, more emotionally and spiritually, then it might break up their marriage. Right. I mean, I do still view a sugar baby relationship as safer than a traditional mistress type of relationship um, because with that, both people's emotions are involved Mm -hmm. and the mistress, she could come after him. Like with the sugar baby, I think the fact that my emotions were not completely involved, that I already, that there's already the understanding that this is a no strings attached type of situation. Mm -hmm. There's a high turnover rate with sugar baby, sugar daddies. They're very, it's a very transitory thing. Considering Mm -hmm. you do eventually grow up and you're no longer appealing to guys that like the younger girls. Of course. Yeah. Um, so, and what is the age range? Are people once they hit thirty, they're no longer sugar babies, or probably. Yeah. I mean, well, then again, like a thirty-five-year-old, forty-year-old is still young to a seventy-year-old. So, I definitely know a lot of people who keep going with it. Personally, I don't think I would necessarily be satisfied or be happy with myself if that's what I was still doing at that point in my life. I think it's a really good thing for me to. Have, um, or for people who know that they would have fun with it and who might, and, um, for whom it makes sense to do in a certain age, like maybe those couple years after college, early twenties, when you're just getting started, don't really know exactly where you want to, what you want to do with your life. It's a great way, um, you know, low time commitment, 
plus you have all this money, you can try so many different things Mm -hmm. and then figure out. And I think that is essentially what I did. I, you know, I tried comedy. I tried, um, beauty pageant, just all sorts of random things. Um, and then decided that I would do the grad program. So it did in its own little weird way, lead me into, um, a a different path that I hadn't necessarily thought of at the beginning. So. So I have a few questions here. Like chime in. Chime in there. So it sounded like there's, is there, you know, other sugar babies as well. Is this like a, is there a community aspect to this? Well, oddly, um, I, I would think, I mean, I've tried to take girls under my wing. Really? You had one yes. too. You, I remember you telling me you had a little assistant and things went awry. Oh, well, unfortunately, cause I think girls of a similar, of a certain demographic, I think this college age recent grads, smart girls. I think that is a great, that's exactly what these guys, what these guys are looking for. And those are the girls who would be very good at it because they're responsible. They can get places on time. Um, they're well behaved. Um, for the most part. (laughs) Um, but those aren't the girls that really seem to be wanting to do it because those girls, because there is the stigma around it. Right. There's kind of this whole this. I think a lot of girls do have this kind of more do have the moral hang up. Mm-hmm. Even if they do, they join the site, they talk with guys, they schedule a date with them. There's a fine line. It's hard to actually make that leap to when you actually do go meet them and do go through with these relationships. And I think the main thing actually, and the thing that does make me a little bit abnormal, is that most of these girls are looking. For for a boyfriend Uh, and not necessarily with a sugar daddy, but usually with outside of a sugar daddy relationship, mm. they're going into it directly because of the money. And, um, and they cannot fathom the idea of having sex with someone that they're not physically attracted to. Wow. So I don't know. You did have an assistant that would scope things out for you. I did. Yes. She was great. She was in LA. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Carly, she was lovely. Um, and she would get like a piece, and or you get a piece of whatever. I, I don't remember the situation, but yes, that was that was a great situation. That was when I was really full on sugar, de- like because mm-hmm. there were definitely times when I did not really have much. I mean, I was kind of more aimless, not really knowing what direction I wanted to go in in terms of other activities, school or jobs or whatever. So. I would just decided, okay, making money, that is definitely productive. Then I will have that money in the future when I'm, hopefully I do have some idea of what I want to do. Right. And I can devote my time and energy to that, and I'll mm-hmm. have that money to do that. So, but, which is but, kind of the, Yeah, I mean, Cam was asking about the culture, like the, if, if you got, yeah. if, if you all kind of knew each other. And in the arrangement you had with this one girl, I think something happened with the quadriplegic or I don't remember. Oh, the tranny. <laughs> I couldn't remember what it was. But. It was just stupid. Nothing to do with him um, being transgender. That was <laughs> that was great. But this was just him being actually old and senile and forgetful and stupid. That he oh. emailed. Yeah, it's a long story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but, I, I know there was that. There was a, something, and I thought it was really a wonderful thing because there are men that are quadriplegic. This guy couldn't get out of bed, so 
I mean, you actually went over there, and uh, to me, it's like almost like doing a mitzvah, <laughs> doing a charitable thing. Oh yeah, the quadriplegic. Yeah. No, he was lovely. Um, <laughs> but think about it. I mean, he wasn't able to have sex with anyone, and she did something very, you know, to me that was very giving. Yes. Um, how, how did that work? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> he could not. He could not move or speak. Um, his dick worked, I'll wow. say that, of all his body parts. Yeah, that's wild. Um, I know. And so he'd never had sex before. Oh my gosh. Um, and I did have to get in a very, um, intricate position in order to facilitate everything. Cause he, you know, cause he couldn't move. So he's just lying there and I kind of had to get in this like, um, I don't know what you, I tried to look at all the different um, positions in the Kama Sutra to figure out, to define which was the one that I had to, that I was in during this quadruplet <laughs> oh, situation. Did, did a little research? Yeah, it's called the supernova. <laughs> you got into the supernova <laughs> for the quadriplegic, okay. Um, if you look it up, you'll kind of see, <laughs> it was basically me on my hand, like, Okay. Kind of like a table, like an upside down, t like a table, okay. kind of, and like that getting underneath. Like a pelvic tilt type of thing. Okay. Yeah. If you're thinking uh, of yoga positions. So that was definitely um, an interesting experience. But and I, I did feel really good about that. Didn't you have like a um, some person that would like scope things out for you? I can't remember how she worked, how the arrangement worked, but then it didn't work out after a while. Yes. Um, well, just because I didn't really need to find new people. That was just when I was wanting to meet as many sugar daddies as I possibly could. I got a little mm -hmm. bit obsessed with it. <laughs> um, and so she would, because that is kind of an a little bit of effort at the beginning, um, actually messaging the guys. Right, and right. Making sure, um, kind of just sifting through all the messages, finding the ones who are actually worthwhile and worth meeting. Um, and what would she do for you? So she would just manage my profile and she would log on every day. And cause that's the other thing. Um, you have to log on, like the more frequently you log on, the higher you, um, mm. pop up in the searches. And so I just want, she would log on for that. I was really getting lazy at this point. So she would log on for me, check my messages find the ones that looked like good ones for me, respond to them, <laughs> um, and plan little, and schedule the dates for me. Oh, and then wow. Just well, you had a personal assistant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was great. Um, but then at a certain point, I didn't need to meet any new sugar daddies anymore. Ah. Uh, so I had quite enough. <laughs> so, so I didn't really need her. How close did you actually get with these guys? Did you get, like, emotionally, did you learn about their lives, like, yeah, I mean, they all were very interested in me, I think. You know, it's like I lived in China. Like, I have a lot of various little stories to tell. And mm. um, so that was, they were always very happy to have met me. Um, <laughs> and I often, yeah, I mean, they were, they all became really, really good friends to me. And so I think that's why I... That's why I'm able to see these different ways of kind of of having nice 
relationships with people. Like, I guess I just viewed them more as friends and I valued their friendship. And to me, the sexual component was this additional little thing that meant a lot to them. Didn't really, I was pretty indifferent toward Mm it. Um, So that was part of our relationship. So, um, but it wasn't like, but it wasn't, that wasn't a fulfilling part of it to me, but their, their friendship, I don't know, for some reason, maybe, maybe it's my work at nursing homes or maybe it's just my, um, inquisitive nature. Yeah. Inquisitive nature. Or I mean, like I have a great friendship with my dad. So I think, um, these were all reasons that I just got along really well with this demographic. Right. And I, prostitutes well, <laughs> tend to, I mean, what I've read and research and talked to prostitutes and this is not all that far from prostitution. In fact, a lot of people say that this is prostitution, but I'm not judging or anything. That's one of our constitutional <laughs> rules. But my, my point is that prostitutes tend to, have, that I've heard said, that frequently it's the guys really want to talk more than they want to have sex. They want someone to listen to them where you know, their wives or girlfriends are not listening. Um, and they just want to talk. And they want someone just to you know, have a conversation with. Yeah, definitely. I definitely found that as well. Um, I mean, I guess it brings up is there's that prostitution. Maybe it's just another version of like there's. I, I see all of these things on a spectrum. You know, mm-hmm. women who marry a wealthy man who's are gold diggers. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I have plenty of those friends that are basically with guys just for their money, and that they're certainly not young girls either. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely found, I think currency in general just plays a, a big role in so many different kinds of relationships. Yeah. Um, how, how does it affect your love life now? Are, are you seeking mm-hmm. relationships with guys your age? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and again, that brings me back to what I was saying about the other, the friends of mine that I tried to get on seeking arrangement. Because, you know, people come to me, they're like, I have no money. And I'm like, well, here's what you should do. <laughs> And, um, but they're, they're not able to have sex with these men. They're not attracted to. Uh And I don't, I don't know. I just, I haven't been interested in looking for, for a boyfriend. I mean, you told me that a couple of years ago. You said, literally, I don't believe in having sex without money. I mean, it's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't pragmatically, like I, I just, I don't really, for me, I don't really see the point of it. I know lots of women, they love sex. Personally, I've always been very... I don't know if it's too much information, but kind of more self-sufficient in my sexual. You like the Lilo vibrators, is what you're saying? Well, not even vibrators. <laughs> I've just ever since I was ever since I was little, I've ver- I've kind of known exactly how to fulfill my own needs in a very um, innocent little way. So that that <laughs> in I would you masturbate? Yeah, basically. I mean, yeah. yeah, I masturbate. Like I honestly over my clothes. Like it's very, but it's a very. Um, you know, it's something I've mastered over the years that really only I can give myself. It's very um, private and and lovely. And so, and everyone says, you know, masturbation, that's, of course, that's a part of, of human sex, sexual life, but that's uh-huh. not as good as real sex. But, I mean, there's these days, there's so many different kinds, you know, people are asexual, they're pansexual, right. they're, there's so many different things. I mean, I was reading about one called solo sexual, which um, these are people who to them they just love masturbating like that's their Uh most um satisfying form of sex i think i might even be that i was gonna say you sound like you might be solo sexual but i think i might be so when looked at from that angle i think what i did sort of 
capitalizing on this human, this especially male need for sex, since I'm indifferent, like I don't, I don't crave sex with a guy, I don't, or a girl, like I've thought about lesbian too, I'm like, I'm not actually that either. Um, since I don't crave it, but I don't have anything against it. So to me, that's sort of, it's like then, but in our society, you know, young, healthy, attractive people are supposed to, are thought to, that they're supposed to have sex. Right. Like that's, that's normal. So it's like, if I'm going to be having it anyway, mm-hmm. then right. I should, then why not have it for money? And then I can just have my pleasure myself. And so I don't know if that's pathological or if that's just... Well, we're not here to judge you at all, but the question, of course, I think Cam is going to ask, so I'm going to just jump right in. What about having the relationship aspect? (laughs) How did you know I was going? I know where Cam is going with that because he doesn't even think of sex separate from relationships. No, that's a great question, too. I mean, for me in college, my closest relationship was with my best friend who was a gay guy, and we shared a bed for four years. We were the closest he it was the we were just the best of friends like mm-hmm. attached to the hip like it was it was like his parents called me the wife and that's <laughs> like he, he had he fulfilled all my needs and that I would ever have in a relationship and it was not sexual at all and I think most, most people throughout tough, my time at Tufts they, they may have even thought that we were a couple I don't mm-hmm. really know what they thought mm-hmm. I knew he he would go off and he would um he had little relationships with guys that he would meet um, and would always come home to me. And <laughs> it was, it was great. So, and I, I have, I've always had a lot of very close friends. Um, and I really, I just like being busy. I like finding things, activities that I enjoy. And I'm liking doing the writing, like living in New York and mm-hmm. just, so. <laughs> so you have no right now. You're able to get all your needs emotionally and sexually from different places, not necessarily the same person, but it all works out right now. Right now, yes. Um, I can see myself maybe in the future um, if I were, or what I, I guess when I figure out whatever I'm doing, I don't know, career-wise or just what my passion in life is or whatever. Once I'm kind of once I maybe. It, um, achieve something in that regard, mm-hmm. then, or sort of establish myself in some way, then I could see myself maybe looking for an intimate relationship. You're not one of these women that are like, oh my God, I'm almost 29 years old. How old are you now? Um, I'm 26. I'm almost 26. The biological clock is tick, tick, tick. You're mm-hmm. not like that at all. No, I'm <laughs> definitely not like that. Um, yeah, I'm really just very open-minded. <laughs> So, what about your parents? You we mentioned that earlier. What, what are their thoughts? What, what, do they know? What yeah, do they know? Yeah, walk us through what happened when you told them. Uh, so they, so I'm the oldest of three girls. I've always been very independent. They've always really trusted me, and um, I don't know what they thought about my dating situation over the years. <laughs> There's like, why are these canes always in my trunk of my car? I don't get it. Yeah, like dead the walkers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, because, I mean, definitely at holidays, like, my cousins would, who are a similar age, they bring their significant others to the holiday get-togethers, and it's funny, no one ever asks. Like, my middle sister, I think of her as a true asexual. Um, hmm. She's never been in any sort of relationship, and she she's very happy. She's a teacher, and 
But your parents, um, your parents know what's going on. I thought you said that they right, they you know. right, they do. So, um, so they were wondering, you know, how did I have all this money? You know, I was just traveling around. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> um, and I had kind of told my mom. I was, I told her that. Um, like I would be like, oh yeah, tonight I'm going out with this guy. Like he's a little bit older. Like he's very, very oh. wealthy. Like here's where we're going. Or I would call her. Like when I um, was living in New York, like right after college, and I had the sugar daddy at the plaza, and I would call her from the hot tub at the plaza and be like, hey mom. Like, and she's like, that's wonderful. Like, <laughs> she, she just kind of, they just kind of trust that I knew what I was doing. But then once they realized, okay, this is like a really big part of your life, this whole sugar daddy thing. Then, I mean, first they tried to say, you know, they're like, well, how much do these guys give you per month? Like, what if we gave you that per month? And that oh, just they tried to bribe you away from it. Yeah. And like, to me, that was just never the, the point of it. Like, yes, the money gave me a lot of freedom to try different things in life. But um, if they had, like, I really thought about it. Like, if my parents, because everyone thinks, you know, I come from a pretty well-off family for the most part. I mean, they they expected me to have a job after college, but I guess they could have really given me money if, like, I really, really had asked them for it. Um, but if they did, what would I have done? I would That would have just been for me to sit around and aimlessly, because I did not know what I wanted to be what I wanted to be doing. And so wow. to me, that was the greatest gift of the sugar dice was that it gave me the resources to figure out what I actually wanted to be doing. And cause to me, boredom was really my biggest problem. Just sort of figuring out how to spend my time. But so, so anyway, so my stones. parents, um, they, once they kind of understood what this all was, I mean, they were, they just really want me to be happy. And they, they knew that I'd been a little bit unhappy at Tufts and that I never had known exactly what I wanted to study or what kind of job I wanted to do. So, um, yeah, they, like my mom liked the idea. Like she knew that when I had that office job, well, for one day or other jobs that I'd done that um, I just felt like they were kind of like boring and that I wasn't appreciated. And so she liked the idea that I was getting to be myself with these guys and, um, they, she kind of saw it more as this weird, yet kind of creative way that I was figuring things out. Wow. So your That's... parents are kind of open-minded then. I mean, they're oh yes, of... they're very, very open-minded. I would say very open-minded. I think that's a, like a, most parents' biggest concern is like, oh my god, my daughter's going to go out and you know and be a sleep prostitute. With... Yeah. yeah. Or, just, or even be just a you know a sleazy and slutty or whatever. But, but I, I I gotta say that. Listen to, I'm from sure for the people listening to this interview, if you ask them before and after the interview, you know, what uh, what are their thoughts on prostitution, they, they, this is a, it gives you a good understanding of the mindset going into this. Right, and, and, and it, it kind of opens up your eyes to all different types of relationships, and like you said, even, even forget about sexual ones, I mean, an employer-to-employee relationship, like what you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, doing jobs that you think are very demeaning, to, you know, right. to, to get money is not all that different from being a sugar baby. Yeah, and um, oh, my, oh, the actually, the way that my parents' response to this whole thing, because I did feel bad about it. It was definitely something at first that I was trying to keep a secret from them, um, but the way that they responded to it, to me, like it 
this whole thing has actually brought us closer together because it really raised my respect for for them wow. and I was so grateful toward them. Now, um, they, would you consider them to have a great marriage communication wise? Yes, actually. I mean, they've had their ups and downs, but they're together. Mm -hmm. They've been together for like I I think 24 no, 30 years, I think. Wow. <laughs> She's like, like, I'm 26. Yeah, I think 33 years. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, they've seen me and my sisters go through all sorts of weird things. And they've, you know, they've been through a lot. And I think it's changed their perspective. And, um, and they really, they just, they know we're all, all three of us are really, really, just different and and they understand also that nowadays that the culture is kind of different too like my mom doesn't even realize like she was like i don't see why people would really even get married these days hey <laughs> which, I'm, I'm on the same page as her actually which is really different from the way i grew up i never grew up thinking that way I, th I always thought you have to get married you know as soon as you get out of college and you know have children right away and that's the goal of you know uh, yeah, and I mean, my life. mom really wanted to have, like, she knew her whole life. Yeah. yeah. She was have children. It's a different mindset these days, for sure. And uh, one of the other things I was going to ask you is because, uh, would you recommend this to your siblings? Did you ever say to your sisters, and uh, would you do this too, or friends? Um, I used to recommend it to all, to lots of different people, but now that I do look at it more in terms of why it made sense to me for me and did not make sense for other people. I actually do not recommend it mm -hmm. because I think it does definitely have an effect on the way that you, that someone would view sex, especially someone who really does want to have, like who really does value um, an intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. And so this has definitely helped you understand yourself. Yes. And just given my nature that I've always been so independent it has made sense for me. And I think someone who right after college does know exactly what career they want to do, like has found those things earlier on. Um, and who, and who like, I, sometimes I think to myself, like, what if my best friend who was gay, like, what if he'd been straight when we met? And <laughs> who knows, maybe things would have been completely mm -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. I have two questions. One is you say you might be a solo sexual. Do you think that this is a result of mm, your experience with, with being a sugar baby, or was this prior to being a sugar baby? I think this was prior because, I mean, well, you talk about all sorts of things on this show, so I'll just go out and say it, and I kind of already have, that I've always, I guess I was a very precocious masturbator. Uh-huh. And that I've just always, I don't know, for some reason I've just always really... Um, been able to do that and I and I have always just been very independent even before all that and when I had started having sex or like or when I kind of got to the age where people are having sex um, I don't know what it was it's, I, th I think kind of like I said earlier what drew what um, kind of motivated me to want to have sex was more just like to feel good about myself or like to uh, feel mm -hmm. like I was sexually desirable mm -hmm. or um or because I felt like it was what everyone else was doing and like what um I was expected what was expected of me not necessarily what I really personally um had wanted when I did actually um think of it more in terms of what I actually wanted I yeah I don't I don't think I'm someone who really enjoys 
like enjoy sex so much. It's not that I don't like it. I don't know. Maybe my pre, maybe my first my initial experiences with it were just were not great or were mm-hmm. not emotion like it wasn't like it were. It could even be a product of the sort of like hookup culture, where it's these more meaningless um, hookups instead of maybe what I thought it would be, which would like more of a relationship that develops and mm-hmm. then eventually so you have who sex. did you lose your virginity to was it a boyfriend or just a random guy that you met kind of just a random guy i mean because i had so i'd been at an all-girls school from sixth through twelfth grade and so twelfth grade rolled around and i think i had in my mind the idea well <laughs> who goes to college is a virgin <laughs> like I, so it kind of became like oh i want to lose my virginity mm-hmm. the opportunity kind of randomly popped up one day like I was just right in the moment of like oh I guess now I could how old were you I guess I was 17 Mm -hmm. so like I I was not expecting to lose my virginity that day but then I was like oh well so it wasn't a great experience for you no it was kind of I mean, it wasn't some, like, I don't think I ever spoke to the person again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, um, I think because mine was such a great experience, it changed my whole viewpoint about sex. I mean, I, I've had, I led up to that. I was older anyway. But my initial sexual experiences, you know, was everything else but was good. And then when I actually had my first, you know, losing of my virginity, it was great. So I think it changed my perspective on sex. And I'm wondering how many people out there, and I would love the people listening to let us know this answer, how many people had an enjoyable first time losing your virginity experience and Mm -hmm. how that affected your life afterwards? Or if it wasn't enjoyable, how that affected your life? I think for some people, they, for some girls maybe, they have sex and suddenly they realize, suddenly it's this experience, this so pleasurable and wonderful that they've never had before that they're now having with another person mm-hmm. and so then that's how they associate it that this is something that is that this is a pleasure that I can get through with another person mm-hmm. whereas my first experience of pleasure was with myself so I never thought like oh I have that need right for another person to bring me pleasure well but um, taking it a little bit further in my in my experience, it wasn't like someone who I knew I was going to have a relationship with either. It was just a it was a good sexual experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, there are other uh, many people I've talked to um, who feel that it needs to be with you know uh, someone you're you know more like in a boyfriend girlfriend relationship with, and then it brings you closer together. And you know that sexual you know uh, experience together has to be as in a an emotional relationship. In other words, they can't separate the sex and the love. So you love that the sex and the love. No, well, I kind of think it's like an interesting concept that, that you know, the urban legend is that women, when they have sex, get attached. Yeah. Yeah, there's kind of like a short term and long term mentality. Kind of men yeah. are traditionally more drawn to the short term, maybe, and women are thought of as they like what you just said that they need that connection, but. Anyway, it it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive, I guess. Yeah, what's funny is that I I play the the opposite position where I'm always thinking long term, and it gets mm. me very it prevents me from having a lot of relationships or sex as well. 
I think that's actually what recent research is showing that actually men are kind of the more romantic ones and that are looking for. That's what we have found yeah. in interviewing people too. We've had a lot of girls on the show who are able to tell. Well, and we've stuff. also had, we've had guys that also said yeah. it's kind of varies. I yeah. think that's what our research shows. You know, everyone, yeah. everyone, everyone has different. a different experience and, and the labels that we put on, you know, being straight, gay, bi, solo sex, transgender, they're, they're all like just labels. It doesn't really matter. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's kind of sometimes it feels good to have a a label like a, some sort of word for an identity. Uh -huh. Um but because especially online so you can research it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can understand it helps yourself. when you're googling yeah. yourself, yeah. So So the last thing we wanted to talk about was this vagina surgery. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's so, going on there? Going down there. Yes. <laughs> um so Again, so I was in LA. Um, I was at the peak of my. I'd never had more money in my life. Um, uh, can we, I, how much money can? You, are you able to tell us just how much money you're able to rack up in this career? I, I really need to actually figure out like how much money I totally racked up because I more think I'm more thinking of it as like how much at certain times did I have in savings, uh -huh. which is of course without the amount of money that I'd spent on things exactly, up until yeah. then. So, I mean, like, like when I started college, like, right after my um, lucrative Vegas trip, um, I had $80,000 in savings. And that ridiculous? That's a lot of money. <laughs> More savings than you have, Cam? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, um, but, that, but I don't know how much, like, with all the stuff I bought and... Mm -hmm. And that doesn't include Rent all the perks either. Like, so you're in the hundreds of thousands at the. Yeah, probably. I mean, she got a Gucci perch. How much was that? <laughs> I know. I felt bad, but that was five thousand dollars. <laughs> Add that to the eighty-five. It, the eighty-five. It's a perk. <laughs> okay, um, so so you're at the peak of of your monetary right. situation. And so I'm like, well, what do I even want? Because I actually I don't care about Gucci bags or anything. Like I really I spend most of my money. Like, I would go to Forever 21 and buy a bunch of rompers or, or, like, just walk around Target and just buy a bunch of random things. Like, I really, I don't care so much about those types of expenses. Like, I just, like, kind of form-fitting, like, cute clothes. Yeah, you're not materialistic, but you don't need designer clothing. Right. So that's why, like, I would spend my money on classes or, like, dorky little <laughs> things like that. So I thought, well, what what else? You know, I want to treat myself. Like, what would I always want? And I, I was living alone. I had these amazing, this great apartment all these sliding closet mirror doors. I don't know. If, I get I, it, yeah. I had a lot of those around those my Those are apartment. nice. So, yeah, and I was living alone, and I would kind of sometimes just be hanging out. Maybe at night I couldn't sleep. I just kind of, I was really working on my tan. Like, um, I shouldn't have... I shouldn't have gone to tanning beds, but I decided I really wanted an even tan and, like, I had that and I was very amazed. Like I'd never had my body all one skin tone. And so I would just like put on a pair of heels and nothing else. And just, just look at my, at my tan body, <laughs> like in the mirror. And just, I was like, Oh my God, like, I just, I've like, I've always, I've always been very confident with my body. I don't know. Like I really, maybe I'm kind of exhibitionist. Like I like to show it off. Well, you um, kind of have to be, if you're constantly naked with different men, you, if you're insecure, you're not going to do very well. Hiding right. under the sheets and I don't lock, turn the lights off. Exactly. And no one, I mean, no one had ever said anything about, like, that my my vagina looked, I mean, they'd always said it was 
beautiful or just not really said anything at all. Like they really, they, they seem to really like it. But when I, when I really was scrutinizing my appearance, I thought, is there anything I would want to change? And like, it was the, it was a very OCD type of thing, but I just, I noticed one of the lips was just, it hung down a little longer than the other one. The and outer, bothered, outer lip, not the inner lips. Um, labia, well, whatever the... Libya yeah. Majora. I mean, I'm talking like if you're like visualizing a flower, the outer peel of the flower. Yeah, I guess it was the Labia Majora. <laughs> I mean, it's um, the Labia Majora. How do you know the Majora, the Minora, the, and all that? I'm familiar with okay, the Labias. Okay. He's, yeah, he's the identified it as the Majora. <laughs> like it was noticeable, like if I really looked up close. So you're talking about like the camel toe, one of them hangs down lower. Um, well, not like the skin, not like the camel toe part. Like, you know the part that is, like, right in it? Because I don't think the camel toe part is called, like, the lips. I think that's just called, like, the two different... Okay, so you're talking something inside, then. Yeah, like... The folds. Uh, or maybe, yeah, the folds. We might be talking about the minora. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the minora, actually, right? Okay, <laughs> whatever the case may be. Or something's hanging down there that you didn't like. Yeah, and it was visible. Like, it, it was one of the oh. outside things you can see. And I mean, I mean if, you really, if you really look up close at a vagina. Ah. And it just, it always bothered me ever since I first noticed it. I think I was like 14 when I first noticed it. Um, and I was, it always just, it, it just bothered me. It, I bet a lot of people it wouldn't bother them. And no one, again, no one had ever said anything about it. But well, don't, thought, don't you know make what? yourself, don't pathologize yourself because I actually interviewed a guy, um, Otto Plastic, Dr. Otto Plastic here in Chicago who performs... Uh, vaginal labioplasties and he said that that that's the highest rate of uh, customer satisfaction is when because people that do get it hate that part of their body so much and it bothers them so much that whereas you know boob jobs and all that other they, they may criticize and not be happy with the product the end result but they are so happy with the end results of vaginoplasty yeah I mean because you don't realize that actually how much it bothered you how, how much it bothered you and how easy it is to just fix it. <laughs> nip and tuck. Yeah, it's just like a little snip, snip. And I mean, granted, it's kind of like a surgery. Like you have to have mm -hmm. anesthesia and everything. Um, but it was absolutely fine. They gave me some Percocet. And I think I went to Groundlings class the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so easy. And um, you're and real happy with the results. Friends. Yeah, I was very, very, very happy. And so it just made me think, like, wow, if it's so easy to just get something fixed, why not? And, I mean, I did, um, yeah, I, there's, there was this great little payment plan. Like, I paid it off over 18 months. I would pay, like, $100 a month or something, and I didn't even notice. Like, mm -hmm. so it was just, it was so easy. I thought, why did I not even get this before? But oh. it's something, I guess, you kind of do need to have enough time on your hands for, to that, for that to be something that bothers you. Yeah. That bothers you. Were you not able to like sit or, oh, I'm talking about recovery. You're talking about prior to the surgery. Right. But yeah. what, what about after, how long did it take before you're all good to go? Like a day. I mean, oh, wow. I, I well, was, you didn't have sex right away. I know you have to wait like six No, months, right. I didn't have sex for maybe three weeks. <laughs> She says six, you say three. Okay. <laughs> they probably told you six, but you had it after three. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was, maybe it was longer. 
I don't I don't remember exactly. I think it was that you could have I could have sex after three, but it was like every day it would get a little bit less yeah, yeah. swollen. So like it was back it was back to it was completely healed by week six. Okay. Yeah, I mean, a lot, this is an interesting topic because, I mean, I also interviewed, I had the weirdest interviews over the last few years, I interviewed a guy who did the Great Wall of Vagina. He is, he's mm. from, um, <laughs> he, from Brighton, uh, <laughs> England, and he said that uh, what he, he like literally made cast molds of over 400 vaginas. Mm. And he wanted to show the beauty of every vagina and being unique and with all the frilly bits and everything that makes every woman like a, a snowflake, you know? And and to find out about, you know, women's self, how self-conscious they were about the different, you know, I know men are totally self-conscious about penis size, but women, um, you know, I guess like you, if they feel like there's something hanging down there that bothers them and it, it, they feel it's abnormal, um, they haven't seen the great wall of vagina, so it, it, if it bothers them, why not get it fixed? You know, it just—I have did, no problem with plastic surgery as long as it's something that bothers you. Did it? Did it affect your uh, the, your sensitivity down there or the feeling at all? Not at all. <laughs> it's like a, its like almost like feeling like a like your earlobe, right? It's like an extra piece of tissue or cartilage or whatever. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's it really not the clitoris. <laughs> right. That I guess that was when I really started learning about like, oh, that it's the clitoris. Like that's the thing that has the most sensation. Right, right, right. I mean, I knew that, but... Um, I have a question now, unless yeah. you had other questions about the vagina plastic. No, just looking at our time, we oh. should uh, we're make some moves over here. Okay, so one other question. In all those times that you dealt with all those different men, and how many men were there, would you say? How many sugar daddies did you have, roughly? Probably like 30. Okay, so 30. Did any of them, were any of them concerned about their penis size? No, actually. Hmm. I think that's because they... They're they with young girls gonna, that are very well, tight. <laughs> right, and I mean, I was... Maybe that's part of why they would find a sugar baby. Like, maybe that's part of what they were paying for. Like, the fact that they knew I wasn't going to say any. Like, I wasn't going to make fun of their penis. Unless, I mean, once in a while there was someone who liked that kind of humiliation. Mm. Right, that's different altogether. Right. Um, but no, I mean, that was the thing. They didn't have to be self-conscious either. Right. I think it was like just that little thing, just the, the idea of the, the money. Mm -hmm. It was. They it know that it, you're, um, they're paying you big bucks. You're not going to go going, ha, 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 you got a small penis. You know, right. They're not, and, and not only that, but most likely if they're going with younger girls, they're going to be tighter than, you know, girls, women that obviously went through childbirth or whatever. So. Right. That might have another reason they'd go for the small, you know, I don't know, I'm just hypothesizing. It's probably <laughs> complete bullshit, but I was hypothesizing. Did you find that there were any primary reasons that the guys would want to hire a sugar baby? Um, like one more common than the rest? I think a lot of them it was because they they could. I mean... Even when I think about, like, when I had all that money and all that time, it's like I, they probably just felt, oh, I have all this, I have this money. Why should, and I'm a little bit unhappy in my life. Like, why should I have everything and be and so be successful and not be able to have the best sex in the world, the best sex and the best everything that I could want? Like, yeah. they can have anything money can buy, so they would want. Yeah. 
like what better than a, the, a lovely companion like such as such as myself <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> she's adorable <But> <laughs> Well, do you have to be, as a sugar baby, do you have to be really good looking or really thin or really, you know, voluptuous? I mean, what do you think as far as what are the men looking for? I think they're looking for someone that looks, that doesn't look trashy, does not look like your typical hooker or porn star. Um, that looks like a kind of girl next door college girl. I mean, every, all of them would have their own tastes and probably the ones who are more sexually minded will be more worried, concerned about, like, they might have a specific type in mind, mm-hmm. like, especially if they have, like, a certain, like, fetish or something that, that like, someone with a huge butt or something, like, that mm-hmm. they're looking for something like that. But I find the majority, I mean, the the, the youthful thing is big. Mm-hmm. Um, being able, the kind of classy, it's good to be a little bit classy and just to not, like, I would usually just wear pretty, like, leggings and sneakers. Like, they want you to dress a little bit um, just normally. Like, they don't – you don't need to turn heads or anything. Like, it's it's all, I think, discretion. It's all supposed to be very discreet. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. someone who doesn't really – call too much attention to themselves but but and you must have called attention when you're walking around with a 60 year old so what would happen would people like look give you dirty looks or weird looks or any kind of judgmental looks i think they probably just thought it was my dad it was my dad because i wasn't because <laughs> i wasn't usually dressed very very slutty or anything like right, i was what usually the, what about public displays of affection would any of these guys like put their arm around you start kissing you and obviously that doesn't <laughs> that's not a daddy child relationship that's true um, yeah, I guess people are used to it nowadays <laughs> with all the... So you never got any kind of looks like of that? You never, you never received any kind of judgmental looks? No, actually. I mean, maybe I just wasn't, maybe I didn't notice. Or maybe you didn't care. <laughs> yeah, maybe you didn't Yeah, I actually, I think I didn't care because I was like, I'm getting all this money. <laughs> yeah, but the, but the men wouldn't try to shoo you like, oh, uh, here's uh, my accounting buddy. I mean, maybe we better get you in the closet somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing. They didn't want to... They wanted to be discreet as well. Right, right. So. so you weren't going in a lot of public areas. True. And even if we were, they, they probably kind of liked the idea that I could pass as their, as their daughter. Well, so you would sit down to make an arrangement. This, I, I realize like, we keep saying, okay, this will be the last question. This will be the last question. But I, I'm fascinated by this. You would sit down. You'd find someone online. You'd make a date to sit down. And then you would discuss. You'd, how did that discussion go? Like, what are you interested in? And they, what was mm-hmm. it like? It's always kind of awkward, um, but, and it's best if they can just even like from the first message, they can be like, hello, I just, I just had a, sh- a great sugar baby, but we had to end things. Here's how it worked. We met once a week. I gave her $4,000 a month. You seem really great. Would you be interested in that? Mm-hmm. Let's meet. Well, that, that would, be... would be, that would be my ideal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rarely does that happen. Usually you kind of have to actually meet them in person. So the way I would always do it, probably everyone's different. I would just treat it like a normal date, establish the chemistry first. I would never bring up the money first. That's when girls get into trouble. They're too money hungry about the whole thing. Um, I would just treat it like a normal date. And then eventually we'd reach the point where they would be like, okay, so um, how is it that I can help you? Like, what is it, what would you need? Mm-hmm. Like, what would like I want to do anything I can like you make them 
mm-hmm. be the ones who are offering it. And then I would usually say, well, like, that's really nice. Thank you. Um, here's, um, I did have one, or actually I had two sugar daddies in the past. Um, that's what I'd always say. I wouldn't be like, I've had 50 of these. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd be like, and, here, and here's how it worked. Like with one of them, um, he knew that we, that he would have time to see me every week. So here's, so we did a monthly thing. And then with the other one, he was a little bit busier with his schedule. He traveled a lot. So we just would, um, do like a monthly allowance, which really was great. And then, so I would kind of put it toward. Uh, put it, and was there up. any kind of money handling going on? And every, anybody say, okay, fine, I'll give you 20 bucks a week. And you'll be like, uh, mm-hmm. no, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I had my own in my mind, like, okay, I want at least $500 per time. So I'm constantly calculating that. <laughs> and then, now, but what if they said to you, I was, I was thinking a hundred bucks a time, what would you say? I'll say then this is not going to work out. <laughs> so you'd be pretty honest and blunt with that. I just like forget. Yeah, it. because if he says, you know, there's so many other ones out there that will give you the exact thing that you want. So. So did you ever have that experience where you just said no, it's not going to work? Yeah, but usually I made sure. Usually, if there was someone that I was suspecting, like because the thing is on on the website you can see their net worth and income. And oh my god. If, and, and if they're verified, which that means that seeking arrangement is actually looked at their tax returns so so you can look at those and know if these guys are for real or not wait does seeking arrangement get anything back from you if you go on these dates no well i mean i do a little spokesperson stuff for them so i guess in a sense that but the sugar daddies have to pay to be on the site sugar babies do not Mm -hmm. oh they have to pay okay so yeah and so maybe they have an incentive that if they have more money that they get higher rankings or something were you ever rejected by one of the guys no, actually. Wow. <laughs> uh, you were screwed over once, I remember you saying. Yes. You early on, I mean, I learned a few things. These are things that people... I assume most people who become sugar babies, I don't know if they just stumble upon it themselves. Maybe they knew someone who was a sugar baby, um, so they weren't kind of going into it blindly. Personally, there were a few lessons I had to learn early on. Don't accept a check. <laughs> did you have your ATM machine hooked up then, or did you have a credit card, uh, um, square cash, yeah, or whatever? That was very frustrating. <laughs> but then I learned, okay, never do that again. And I do think the fact that that was actually, when I think about it, the worst thing that that happened to me. Well, what, what, real, thing. real quickly, what happened with that? Oh, so the guy gave me a check, and it bounced. Oh man, that's so but, fucked up. I mean, think about the other like. That was, so then I learned, okay, I mean, I was really frustrated and upset, but I was like, okay, then don't do that again. Right, you, yeah. learn. Yeah, you, learn from more, you learn more from your failure than your success. Exactly. And I thought, okay, that's just like all the other guys that I ever had sex with before. I <laughs> there you go. You can always rationalize it. <laughs> so. All right. Well, this has been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, this has been great. I'm so glad. I can't wait. Um, I'm going to listen to your podcast more. Oh, Sweet. absolutely. You can be a regular on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You're cool with us posting this on YouTube or, or iTunes? iTunes, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great. And uh, thank you so much, SK, for, for joining mm-hmm. us on Sex Talk with my mom. Two, wait, two last things. One, yeah. is there anything you wanted to plug? Oh, um, well, I will be writing my memoir. Stay <laughs> tuned. We'll, um, we'll have yours. When I, when I really have my book and know more about it in the title and 
then you'll come on the show again. We'll yeah, we'll plug we'll your book. Okay, great. And then the wait, the second, the, the last, the final question. Have since it's called Sex Talk with My Mom, we like to ask our guests if you've ever been walked in on by a parent, or if vice versa, you walked in on a parent. Um, parents having sex. I've never. <laughs> that was no. Nice. However, once when I was in eighth grade, you remember those disposable cameras? Sure. My mom, I had one, and then my mom found it, and she was like, "Oh, I'll get these developed." And oh. The first picture was me just like making out with this guy, <laughs> and so like she, I guess she looked at it and was like, "Oh!" and she left it on. Wait, but now head. knowing your life, that was the tamest thing that's ever happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like that is ridiculously like not at all walking in on anybody. And, okay, <laughs> but then no. <laughs> so you never walked in on your parents. Uh, no. Okay. Oh, wait, my mom did find some naked, some topless pictures of me. In there my you go. I knew there was more to that story. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. That was still very tame. Uh, I, I guess no, your parents knowing what you do is probably uh, like, yeah, that makes this, 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 this point so. completely superfluous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were very artistic nudes, um, <laughs> yeah, that she did find. But yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Really, you're always a pleasure. So much fun, SK. Thank you very much. And uh, we look forward to hearing all about your future endeavors. Yes, definitely. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, that was our interview with SK Sugar Baby. Sugar Baby, um, patient of vaginoplasty. Yeah, I I think it was phenomenal interview i hope you guys enjoyed it this, it as was as much as we did yeah we were i think that this is the first interview where we really were silent a lot of the time we because, had nothing to say <laughs> i mean we would just wanted to soak in all of those stories this memoir is going to be incredible yeah she just in her philosophy just is she's very uh, progressive and articulate yeah articulate bright for a 26 year old girl to to be able to just really I can't get over. She's my age. She's your age. She's my age. We have such different viewpoints. It, 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 I thought that the last person we interviewed, the porn star, was completely different from you. But this one is almost it, as different, if not more different. It just—I mean, the people that were coming across. I—I I, I don't know who's the weirdo now. I'm everyone. <laughs> stop! Stop pointing at me. Everyone seems to have a very different. Yeah. perspective when it comes to sex and, that, this and money is, I guess and more this money the... interplays into the sex yeah, because yeah. I mean porn stars aren't doing it for free either and uh, SK's not doing it for free and we've, ta- we've talked about how it, how money impacts my relationships as well right even that... as far as jobs go and what you know what kind of jobs you'll do for money and if you think about it you know some of the jobs that people do are pretty degrading and uh, so having sex for money, which she was so funny when she started saying it, that she really does not like Viagra because it makes her do more work. Yeah, that was very funny. <laughs> All right, so... You know, part of, you know, part of me is, into, you know, she talks about the, the question about solo sexual, did it happen before or after? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I can only trust that she's telling, you know, she really is solo sexual. She she's thought about it. But I'm sure for other people, I think she makes a good point, for other people that really, you know, have you know want relationships want relationships they have they want a healthy sex life this seems like it could be a damaging industry to get into it could be and the same when i've interviewed porn stars in the past is that they can't just have normal sex anymore because they've done some freaky things and with her she she even said in one of my earlier interviews i don't know why i would have sex without getting paid for it right right right. so it's so money is so tied into sex for her yeah but Um, it seems like she's made it work she's made it work 
So. And she's not opposed to a relationship in the future. I like this girl. I'll tell you that much. She's a great girl. Great girl. Anyway, well, thank you all for listening to Sex Talk with my mom. And please subscribe on iTunes so that we can keep this thing going. Yeah, and call our hotline. We have a hotline to ask questions. Our number is 323-472-4237. So call in, and uh, thank you all for listening. And we love you all. Bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.